Dragnet. The Jack Benny Program. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. George Burns and Gracie Allen. Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. We offer you escape. Follow Miss Brooks. Suspense. Richard Diamond, Private Detective. Fibber McGee and Molly. The Great Gildersleeve. Yeah. Radio Theater. In the air. Dedicated to man's imagination, the theater of the mind. You know what our call letters WGN stand for, don't you? WGN Radio Theater. The special three-hour presentation with Carl Amari and Lisa Wolf. All right, it's about 11 minutes after 11 p.m. here on the WGN Radio Theater. I'm your host, Carl Amari. This is program 383 in the series. It's May 4th, and uh, to my right, the vivacious Lisa Dimpley-Wolf. How are you, Lisa? I'm great, Carl. How are you? All right. You ready for some classic radio shows? Yeah, I think we're going to get right into the radio show and wait to do our Real or Ridiculous until hour two. Yeah, we got a late start, so we can't do our Real or Ridiculous uh contest this first hour, but we will have The Adventures of Archie Andrews from 1946. Then it's Casey Crime Photographer from 1947. And then The Adventures of Red Rider, Good Western from 1942. All that's coming your way after these words. Stick around. That's right, Lisa. You can join the Classic Radio Club for only $1. Get 10 of your favorite classic radio shows of all time. Just go to Classic Radio Club. Dot com. Okay, it is time for the adventures of Archie Andrews. But before we do that, I want to remind all of our listeners we have a text in line. We love to get your texts, 312-981-7200. Text us at 312-981-7200, right? Right. I'm going to mention really briefly that we did have a Lou Malnati's Pizza tonight um, for everybody who's here, and that's because of our contest last week. So Carl paid up. And uh, we got our favorite pizza. Even here. though you cheated, I did not cheat. Yeah, um, we had a even Shante agreed with me. No, she did not say that I cheated. <laughs> but she, she agreed with that's me. That's not though. what she said. Uh, um, anyways, that's all right. I, won I don't fair care. And square. You do care because you keep even talking about it all week. But I did win the contest, and we did get a loose pizza. Uh, what's forty bucks with tip? No problem. <laughs> Wasn't it like forty you know, two? It was forty. Yeah, it was forty two with a tip. But it was a large pizza, spinach. And, and it's a good and one. It was delicious. Okay, it's time for The Adventures of Archie Andrews. This was a teenage sitcom, and it was adapted from the very popular comic strip by Bob Montana. Came to NBC Radio in 1943. Lasted, Lisa, 10 seasons on radio. Very popular situation comedy series. For a time, it was sponsored by Swift Premium Sausage. And uh, Archibald Archie Andrews was the only child of Mary and Fred Andrews, and he lived in Riverdale and attended Riverdale High. Now, his two main crushes were Veronica Lodge and Betty Cooper. His best friend was Jughead Jones. And uh, when this came to radio in 1943, Charles Mullen played the role. Then Jack Grimes, Burt Boyar, and Bob Hastings. Bob Hastings really became the actor best known for playing Archie Andrews on radio. And, uh, of course, there's a very popular Netflix series called Riverdale, and it is based on these characters. Now, it's a drama, 
But uh, you can take characters and make it a horror show, a drama, a comedy, a western, whatever. Yep. They took these very popular characters on uh, on Netflix and turned it into a um, extremely <laughs> yeah big popular series yes. called Riverdale. And uh, my good pal Luke Perry was uh, the dad on there. He passed away suddenly a few weeks ago, unfortunately. Um, but a great series, Riverdale. Check it out. And uh, check out this radio broadcast now from August 3rd, 1946. It's called Getting Some Rest. Bob Hastings stars part one of The Adventures of Archie Andrews. Hello? Hello, Jughead. This is Archie. Come over right away. It's a matter of life or death. Oh, relax, Archie. Relax. Yes, and you relax too, folks, if you can, because here he is again, right out of the pages of Archie Comics Magazine, with all his gang, Archie Andrews! Well, it's rather late in the evening as we look in on the Andrews' home in Riverdale. In fact, Mom and Dad Andrews are preparing to go to sleep. Uh, no, me. It's been a hard day. Yes, it has, dear. Oh, I'm glad it's a little cooler tonight. Last night it was so warm I didn't sleep a wink. Is that so? You always snore when you're awake, dear? Mary, I do not snore. Awake or asleep. Yes, dear. But, Fred, yes? why don't you buy some new pajamas? That nightgown of yours went out with a horse and buggy. Well, I brought it back in. Besides, I like this nightgown. My father wore a nightgown. And if it, and if was, it was good gr- enough for him, it's good enough for you. Yes, dear, I know. Well, it is. All right, dear. Fred, before you get into bed, see if the window in Archie's room is open. In Archie's room? Now, why should it be closed in this weather? I don't know. I keep telling him, but the boy insists on keeping it closed. Where is Archie, anyway? Well, someplace with Jughead, I suppose. Well, it's time he was home. I don't like a boy his age staying out so late. What's the trouble, dear? Oh, this confounded window in Archie's room is... I got it now. Good grief, what's that? Fred, I forgot it's a burglar alarm. What burglar alarm? Now, don't get excited, dear. It's an invention of Archie's. You see, he got the oh, idea... Mary, you can explain it later. Just how do I shut the confounded thing off? Well, I think there are batteries behind that chair. Batteries? Where? Oh, I'll rip up the wires. There. My land, I didn't know it could make that much noise. Mary, why you ever let Archie make a thing like that? Oh, is... You know how boys are. He got the idea yesterday that we might be wrong. All right, so... Mary, all right. I get the general picture. I will certainly speak to Archie about this in the morning. Now let's get to bed. Yes, dear. I've had altogether enough excitement for one night. Yes, dear. Turn out the light, please. All right. Good night, dear. Good night. Oh, no. Fred, go down and answer it before they knock the door down. I am, I am. And hurry! I am, Mary, if you'll just tell me where my other slipper is. Where did you put it? Right here at the foot of the bed. Well, it should be right there. Well, it isn't right there or right anywhere. Hmm. That's funny. Where was it? Right there. Fred, hurry. I am, Mary, I am. 
Now, why do they have to pound on the door? Edison spent years perfecting electricity so they could have doorbells. I'm coming, I'm coming. Well, what is it? Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> uh, hello, officer. Did you want something? What took you so long to answer the door? Long? Oh, well, you see, I, I put my slippers at the foot of the bed, and when I looked, I couldn't find the right one. My wife said you to me... You can skip that. What was the burglar alarm for? Burglar alarm? I, I didn't hear any... Uh, oh, oh, did you say burglar alarm? I didn't say cement mixer. Uh, yeah, yes, I, I know, officer. You said burglar... It's no one, dear. What do you mean, no one? Well, I just said that so I wouldn't have to explain to her that it was an officer. Mary, I'll explain later. Hey, what's going on here nothing, anyway? Nothing, officer. Not, not a thing. It's all a mistake. Uh, you see, my son has a homemade burglar alarm in his room, and I, I set it off by accident. Oh, I see. Sure, there's no trouble here. Oh, none whatsoever, no. Well, okay. Sorry to get you out of bed. Just doing my duty, you know. Oh, that's all right, officer. Quite all right. Sorry to bother you. Night. Uh, no bother, no bother. Well, it's the first time I've seen a cop in this part of town. Who was part... it, Fred? Mary, for gosh sakes, can't you wait till I get upstairs? I simply asked who it was. All right, Mary, but just as I'm trying to talk to the man, you start shouting all over the place. But I heard you shouting, and I was worried. Well, there was nothing to worry about, dear. It was only a policeman. A policeman? Yes, he heard Archie's burglar alarm and came over to investigate. For pity's sake. Yes, for pity's sake. <clears throat> now, let's get to bed. Yes, dear. Turn out the light. Mm. No, yes, dear. Good night, dear. <sighs> Good night, dear. <clears throat> no fooling, Archie. No fooling. Oh, no. Gee, you're a lucky guy. Yeah, she's a sweetheart if there ever was one. Fred, just pay no attention. Where'd you go? Down Lover's Lane. Pay no attention. Did you hear that? You shouldn't eavesdrop. Eavesdrop. The whole town can hear him. A humdinger. Gee whiz. A lollapalooza. Mary, I've heard enough. But Fred... A real beauty, Oh, now, Mary, I'm going down there and stop that kind of talk right now. Oh, that Reggie Mantle's sure a lucky guy. Yeah. I wish my dad would buy me an automobile like that. I am not going to have everyone in the neighborhood listening to my son talking about a... about a... about a... About a, about a <laughs> automobile. Did he say automobile? Yes, dear, he did. Oh. Hmm. A car. <laughs> of course, Mary. <laughs> I mean, Archie was just driving a car. <laughs> yes, dear. <laughs> Serves you right for eavesdropping. Yes, I know. Hmm. <laughs> now, let's just forget it, dear. I, I better get home, Archie. It's late. Yeah. See you tomorrow, Jack. Night, night. Well, now maybe we can get some sleep. <clears throat> Good night, dear. Good night. Fred, what was that? Mm, what was one? Someone's throwing pebbles at our window. Oh, Mary, you're just imagining things. No, there it is again. Oh, now what? Go see who it is. I am. I am. Who's there? Dad, it's me. Oh, now, Archie, is this any time for target practice? I'm sorry, Dad, but I forgot my keys. Oh, no. All right, I'll be right down. Did he forget his keys, dear? Yes, he forgot his keys. Now, where did my slippers go to again? Where did you leave them? Mary, if I knew where I... I... No, here they are. Hey, Dad! All right, I'm coming! I'm coming! Jumping catfish. I don't know why it is. 
Other people decide to go to sleep, and they just go to sleep. But do we? No. First the bell, then the policeman, now Archie. Oh, gee, thanks, Dad. I'm awfully sorry. I should think you would be. Yes, Dad. Why can't you remember to take your keys with you? Well, I gave... You think I have nothing better to do than stay up all night to open the door for you? yes, but I never forget my key. Yes, Dad, Where is your key, anyway? You have it. I... I have it. Yes, sir. You borrowed my keys when you lost the garage key, and you never returned them. Remember? Well, I, sir... That is... I I mean... mean, (laughs) Archie, go to bed. Oh, yes, Dad. Good night. Night, Mom. Night, dear. Now, why didn't he remind me I borrowed his keys? Now, Fred, anyone can forget their keys. Let's get to sleep. Mary, there is nothing that I would like better. Then turn out the light, dear. I am. Good night, dear. Good night, dear. (gasps) Oh, no. Now, who can that be at this hour? Are you asking me riddles, dear, or just making conversation? Fred, don't be sarcastic and go answer the door. All right, I will, I will. As soon as I find my slippers. Fred, you didn't lose them again. Oh, no, dear. I just like crawling around under the bed. Hurry! I am, I am. I know I put my slippers right here and... Fred, Oh, I'm... all right, I'll go barefoot. Fred, hurry. Fred, the bell is ringing. Fred, answer the door. Man's not his own boss around here. Can't even keep my slippers where I'll find them without having to... Hello, Mr. Andrews. Jughead. I thought you went home. I did. Then what are you doing here? I forgot my keys and everyone was asleep. Well, why didn't you wake them up? My father hates to be bothered once he's gone to bed. (laughs) Oh. Your father hates to be bothered. I suppose you think I enjoy it. No, but you're not my father. (laughs) Can I sleep here? Yes, I suppose so. Come on in. Jughead. He wants to sleep here. Jughead, did you say Jughead? Yes, I said Jughead. Oh, gee whiz, hiya, Jug. What happened? Archie, I wish... I got my keys. Oh, yeah, gee, that's... Archie! You want to stay here? Gosh sakes, it's the middle of the night. Now, give Jughead some pajamas, and there's a a new toothbrush in the medicine cabinet that he can have. Gee, a brand new one? Couldn't I just use Archie's old one? (laughs) Jughead, you will use the new one. Okay, but it seems like a waste just for one night. Never mind the waste and quit arguing. I want to get to sleep. Now go into Archie's room and go to bed. Yeah, Judge, come on. You know, Archie, this is a good idea. Maybe I'll forget my keys more often. Oh, that'll be fine. Does Jug have it up? Everything he needs. I don't care if he doesn't, Mary. Now please let us go to sleep. <laughs> Haven't been up this late since VJ Day. <sighs> good night, dear. Good night. <sighs> Fred. Hmm? Did you lock the front door? Yes, dear. Or did I? (laughs) Of course, I must have locked the door. It's force of habit. When you do things automatically, you don't realize you've done them. That's all. Doesn't matter. After all, what if I didn't lock it? Nobody's going to steal anything. (laughs) Silly even to worry about it. (sighs) Still, story in the paper tonight. All murdered in their beds. Murdered? Fred, where are you going now? Downstairs to lock the door. 
Oh, I don't know why it is I have to worry about everything in this house. Tom Anderson's wife does everything. He just sits around, takes life easy. Do I? No. Lock the door, answer the door, open the door. I don't know, I don't know. Still, I guess it's better to be safe than get murdered in your sleep. Hmm. It was locked all the time. I knew it was locked. I told Mary that. I don't see why she has to nag me all the time. She worries. That's the trouble. Worries about everything. Now, I was absolutely sure I had locked that door, and she made me get out of bed, go all the way downstairs, and... Mary, that door was locked all the time. Hmm? I said that door was locked all the time. Fred, for pity's sake, I'd just fallen asleep. I... Oh. Well, I'm... I'm sorry. Dear. Sorry. Please stop Stomping all over the house is late. But, Mary, and I had to go... the lights. I... Yes, dear. <sighs> good night, dear. I said good night, dear. Fred, please. Oh. Oh, sorry. Can't even say good night anymore. <laughs> oh, well... <sighs> Good night's sleep is what I need. Oh, how does Mary fall asleep so quickly? I wonder if I'm getting insomnia. Call Dr. Higgins tomorrow. Now, why does that fool cat keep screaming its head off? Well, I'll just ignore it. Yes, sir. Just ignore it. Huh? Hmm? Hmm? Oh, what happened to the cat? Oh, well, maybe it's gone wherever it is cats go. <sighs> no, no. Oh, well, I guess the only way is to take a saucer of milk out and feed the stupid beast before it wakes Mary up. Oh, me, won't I ever get to sleep again? All right, that's the first portion of The Adventures of Archie Andrews from 1946. More after these words. Back to WGN Radio Theater with Earl Amari and Lisa Wolf. All right, 11.39. I got it right this time, Lisa. You sure did, but there's plenty of time to screw up. Don't worry about uh, it. Believe me, I will. <laughs> I didn't get it, like a long enough nap in. I tried I'm, to nap. I napped, that. but then the Cubs game was on. Right. And so... Blame it on the Cubs. I had to watch the Cubs. It was a very exciting game. Yeah. So I didn't really get as much of a nap as I would have liked. I can tell. So <laughs> You're a little punchy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're listening to Archie Andrews. Let's go back now for the conclusion. Still up, Archie? Yeah, you? Yeah, can't sleep. Why not? Been thinking about that story in the paper. Oh, about the people who got murdered in their beds? Yeah. Well, don't worry about it, Jug. No burglar can get in here. Why not? I got a burglar alarm. I made it myself. In fact, I might have it patented. Burglar alarm? Yeah, it's connected to my window, and if anyone tries to open the window, you see the alarm rings and... <gasps> Jug, who, who opened that window? Gee, oh... Jughead, quick, turn on the light. Jug, look, the wires are off the battery, see? Gee whiz. A burglar must have done that. Well, we haven't heard a sound all night. Gee whiz. What was that? I don't know. 
Jug, I told you. There's a burglar in this house. Gee whiz. Sounds like he's in the kitchen. What'll I do? Let him eat. <laughs> Jug, I gotta do something. Yeah. Call your father. No, Jug. I'm gonna handle this myself. Roger. I'm not afraid of any burglar, Jug. I'm gonna get that old gun of my father's and go down there and... Gee whiz, I just remembered. I loaned that gun to Betty. Do they have burglars, too? No, she wanted it for the school play. Gee whiz, there it goes again. Come on, Jug. I'll call Betty. In the middle of the night? I got it. This is a matter of life and death. I suppose so. Sure. Operator, get me Riverdale 716, please, and hurry, hurry. He's sure bumping around down there, isn't he? He sure is. Hello, Betty. This is Archie. Who? Archie. Archie Andrews. You got the wrong number. Archie lives next door. No, Betty. Listen to me. This is Archie. Oh. What do you want? The gun I loaned you last fall. Gun? Gun? Archie, did you say gun? Yeah, Betty. My father's old revolver. Bring it over right away. Gee whiz, what for? I think we got a burglar in the house. Oh, my goodness. I'll be over. And Archie, don't let him go till I get there. Oh. Veronica, this is Betty. Veronica, you know that old gun Archie loaned me for the school play? The one my father borrowed to wear in the leech parade? That's right. Could you bring it right over to Archie's house? Archie's house at this hour? Yes, it's important, Veronica. There's a robbery going on. A robbery? My goodness, how exciting. How simply exciting. I'll be over right away, Betty. <laughs> Pinky, this is Veronica. Veronica Lodge. Yes, I know it's late, Pinky, but you remember the gun you borrowed to make a model of? Yes, that's it. Well, would you bring it over to Archie's house right away? Well, Archie loaned it to Betty, and Betty loaned it to my father, and I loaned it to you, and now Archie needs it. Yes, I know it's late, but Pinky, there's a fight to the death going on at Archie's house. Pussy, 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 here, pussy, here, pussy. Come and get some milk, pussy. Now, where'd that cat go to? Here, pussy, here, pussy, nice pussy, pussy, pussy. Gosh, this grass is wet at night. Wish I'd found my slippers. Here, pussy, nice pussy, nice, nice. And this nightshirt isn't very warm either. Here, pussy, come and get some milk, pussy. No! My toe! My toe! Now, who put that rock there? Oh. oh, I spilled the milk. Oh, by gosh, if I ever find that nice pussy, I'll wring its confounded neck! Do you hear anything, Jug? No. Jug, you know, I think maybe there isn't any burglar. I bet it was just a false alarm. Or if it was a burglar, he's gone. Well, no sense crying over spilled milk. We might just as well go to bed and get a good night's sleep. Don't you think so, Jug? Jug, I said, don't you think we should? Hmm. I guess you do. That's right. I hear tell it was a shooting at the Andrews. Yes, indeed. Murder at the Andrews house. And I got it from someone who was there. They found the body in a trunk in the basement. Yes, at Fred Andrews' place. 
Here pussy, here pussy. Here pussy, here pussy. <laughs> I guess I'm not going to. Here pussy, here pussy. Well, I'll be darned if I'm going to play puss in the corner all night. I'm going back to bed, and I don't care if that cat meows its head off. Oh, my gosh. I didn't. I didn't lock myself out. I guess I did. Oh, how do these things happen to me? Well, I'll just have to wake Mary after all. She'll be furious, but I can't help it. See, now, try this pebble and... Hmm. Well, try another one. Now, how can a woman be such a heavy sleeper? Mary! Oh, Mary! Hey, what's going on here? What are you doing out here in your nightshirt? Go on home. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir, officer. I'm going right home to go home. I, I can't go home. Why not? Well, I live here. Oh, is that so? Yes, officer, you know me. You remember me? I'm, I'm Fred Andrews. I met you earlier this evening. Hmm. You sure don't look like the guy I met. Oh, but I was. I, I, I mean, I, I am. That is, I'm the same guy. Listen, don't you think I'd remember you or him or both of you? Why, you're twice as skinny as he is. For pity's sake, officer, what's going on down there? Sorry to bother you, ma'am. Uh, Mary, would you tell this now, officer you just that be I'm... Quiet. quiet, but I... Oh, no, I can't... There's a fella down here, ma'am, claims to be your husband. My husband? Don't be silly, my husband's sound asleep. Asleep? Quiet, I said. Asleep, are you sure? Of course, and he'll be furious if he's awakened. Now, please go away. But Mary, Mary, I'm down here, Mary. Oh, how do these things happen to me? So you're Fred Andrews, eh, and you live here, do you? Well, I think we'd better go down to the station and get this whole thing straightened out. In this nightshirt? Oh, now, officer, look, I tell you, the whole thing is a mistake. My wife thinks that I'm still up in bed. Is that you? Archie. Oh, gosh, am I glad to see you, boy. Well, what are you doing out here in your nightshirt, Archie, Dad? never mind my nightshirt. Oh, I just gee. want you to... T- <laughs> I never realized how funny your knees are. <laughs> Archie, for gosh sakes. Yeah, now, this man, is no do you th- live here? Oh, yes, sir. And this man is your father? Why, sure. Well, then, who's the lady upstairs? My mother. Your mother? Well, look, son, you and she ought to get together and decide who this guy is. Officer, I tell you, my name is Fred... Here's the gun. Gun? Uh, uh, what gun? My goodness, you're skinny, aren't you? Veronica, never mind the comments on my leg. Hello, I... Veronica. Hi, Betty. Hello, Archie. Hi, Archie. We finally got the gun. What gun? Oh, oh, oh my old gun. Now, what in the world are you kids doing with it? Oh, well, you see, Dad, I loaned it to Betty when she was stage manager of the school play. Yes, and then Mr. Lodge borrowed it to wear in the Legion Parade. And then Pinky Schultz wanted to make a gun, so I loaned it to him as a model. Oh, and when I heard the burglar, I... What burglar? Oh, he's gone now, officer. But anyway, I called Betty. And I called Veronica. And I called Pinky. Well, who's Pinky? Oh, well, his father wouldn't let him out at this hour, so Betty and I went over to his house to get the gun. Yes, it's all very simple. Sure, simple as can be. Look, it may be simple to you people, but all I want to know is, who is this guy? That's my father, like I told you. Is that right? Oh, yes, yes that's, that's Mr. Andrews. Andrews. Of course, he uh, does look strange in that nightshirt. Mm. For the last time, Betty, will you leave my nightshirt out of this? Okay, okay. Then you're Mr. Andrews. I guess that's settled. And about time, too. But just one more question. You have a license for this gun? Why, of course I have a... License? Uh, you, you, you mean that do I... Uh, that is... Uh, uh, license for the gun. 
That's what I thought you said. Just tell me plain yes or no. Do you have a license or not? Well, uh, uh, that is, if, uh, not. No, I guess I don't. That's what I thought. Mr. Andrews, suppose you just get dressed. Oh, come... but, officer, the, the, the gun doesn't work. This gun hasn't worked in years. You don't need a license for a gun that doesn't work, do you? No, you don't. Are you sure it doesn't work? <laughs> of course not. It's just an officer. Uh, I forgot to tell you. Pinky fixed it. Oh, that's that's fine. Mr. Oh. Andrews, you better get dressed and come uh, down. But, and... officer, you, you heard what she said. I, I have witnesses that when I loaned them this gun, it did not work. Now, how was I to know that Pinky could uh, work, uh, would fix it? Uh, is that right? Oh, yes, officer. Yes, officer. When Archie loaned me the gun, it didn't work at all. Well, in that case, I guess there's no offense. But let me have that gun, Mr. Andrews. I'll take it down to headquarters and have the pin filed off. Yes, well, maybe that's a good idea. Here you are. We'll return the gun in a few days. Well, sorry to trouble you, folks. Oh, that's quite all right. No trouble, officer. No trouble at all. But you'd better get to bed now. All right. Uh, good night, officer. Good night. <laughs> Fine fellow, that policeman. Well, we'd better be getting home, too. A night, Miss Dangerous. Night, Archie. Night. Night, Veronica. Good night, Betty. Thanks for bringing the gun anyway. Yes, good night. Well, I certainly am glad that that is finally over and done with. Fred? Oh, Fred? Yes, dear? Oh, there you are. Fred, when did you get out of bed? Oh... Just a little while ago, Mary. You know, the strangest thing happened. A police... Yes, dear. I know. You know. But how could you? Oh. Oh, my goodness. Fred, was that you with the policeman? It was. And all the time I... <laughs> I thought you were sound asleep when I told the policeman that my husband was... <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Mary. I fail to see anything the least bit funny about it. Well, uh, you're right, dear. It, it wasn't funny. <laughs> I thought it was. Archie. Now, never mind. Funny or not, I am glad it's over. Yes, Dad. Evidently, nobody around here appreciates the importance of sleep. But, Fred... Now, Mary, please do not interrupt. After all... I am the one who has to go to the office tomorrow and put in a full day's work. And by gosh, I need my night's sleep. Don't you realize how important sleep is? It, it refreshes you, gives your body the energy with which to carry on another day. Why, people need sleep as much as food and drink. And hereafter, I want nothing to interfere with our sleeping around this house. Is that clear? Huh? Oh, yes, Dan. Yes, dear. And by that, I mean starting right now. Now, let's go upstairs and go to bed. Once and for all. I never... Oh, no. Well, what... Oh. Uh, hello, officer. Hello, Mr. Andrews. You'd better get dressed and come along with me. Get dressed? Well, good grief, why? The people across the street just signed a complaint against you for disturbing the peace. What? Said they haven't gotten a minute's sleep all night. <laughs>
You've been listening to another chapter of The Adventures of Archie Andrews, written by Carl Jampel, and based on the copyrighted feature appearing in Archie Comics magazine. Archie is played by Bob Hastings, Jughead by Harlan Stone. Others in the cast include Grace Matthews, substituting for Alice Uriman while Miss Uriman is on vacation, Ian Martin, Gloria Mann, and Rosemary Rice. Felix McGuire at the organ. Production was under the direction of Charles Urquhart. Now back to the Andrews. More coffee, Fred. Oh, what's that? Oh, yes. Please. More milk, Archie? Uh, yes, please. Good morning, everyone. Oh, good, good morning, morning Jughead. Morning. Well, you are certainly peppy this morning. I'm always peppy after a good night's sleep. Mm. Sleep? You mean you slept last night? Sure. Like a bump on a log. Oh, fine. Milk, Jughead? Oh, yes. In a saucer, please. In a what? A saucer. Morpheus likes it that way. Mor... Who is Morpheus? My cat. I left her on the porch last night, and I bet she's hungry by now. Listen next week for more of the merry adventures of Archie Andrews. And now this is Bob Sherry wishing you a very pleasant weekend. So long. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. The Adventures of Archie Andrews, August 3rd, 1946. Getting some rest, starring... Bob Hastings. Let's take a quick break. Then it's more on the WGN Radio Theater. All right, that you know what? We uh, we had fun listening to Archie Andrews. In our next hour, we're going to tune in to amateur detective KC crime photographer. Those are always very cool. And we are going to be giving away a $25 Lumilati's gift certificate right wow. uh, in a few minutes, so stay tuned. And then after that, The Adventures of Red Rider will be here till 2 o'clock in the morning. So make sure you're here with us. Uh, if you fall asleep, we have a podcast. Um, hopefully you won't fall asleep, but we always have a podcast of the show it goes up minutes after we're off the air. And you can always listen to our podcast. Just uh, I Google. I just go to Google, and I Google WGN Radio Theater Podcast, and they pop up. But Lisa says there's an easier way. I just I have the app on my phone. Yeah, well, I don't So I just do go apps. to the WGN Radio app. I think apps are. You do cons- have an app on your phone. It's a conspiracy. It really is. <laughs> apps are just a giant conspiracy. Uh, they you're don't right. really work. You're right. I'm sure I'm right about that. I'm sure you are, too. Back to WGN Radio Theater with Earl Amari and Lisa Wolf. I had dinner, Lisa, with one of our listeners, and you know what? She gave you a present and me a present. Luann, she gave you a present and me a present. Well, did I get my present yet? Well, I have it for you. Okay, I'm ready for it. You're going to love it. Okay. There's 12 of them. Okay. All right? I'm just going to give you that little... uh, A dozen? It's a dozen. Okay. It's not roses. Okay. Because <laughs> every rose has a thorn. Um, actually, it's she owns seven hens, and the hens lay one egg a day each. You have 12 oh. fresh eggs. Oh, that is here. so nice. Isn't that, that sweet? That is so sweet. Luann, if you're listening, thank you so much. That's so sweet of you. And I, I can't wait to try them. 
I can't wait. That is so nice. Yeah. All right. So guess what, Lisa Wolf? We're going to do a little uh, really ridiculous. We will, but we're also going to play Casey Crime Photographer in this hour. Yep. So make sure that you listen to that. All right. Who's the celeb? Uh, we're going to do Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. And Curtis is going to join us for this Curtis game. Curtis is? Uh, he is. Okay. What the, microphone are you on? Is that five? Six. 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 Five. Far That's one. number six. Right. There you and go. we okay. are going to wait, give away a Lou Malnati's gift certificate because right. we just had Lou Malnati's. It was delicious. We want you to enjoy it, too. So we're going to have you call in. We're looking for caller number 5-312-981-7200. Call now. Play Real or Ridiculous with us, and we'll be right back. Come on, baby. Let's get ridiculous. We have Mike on the line. Mike, you ready to play a little Real or Ridiculous? I'm ready. Good. Well, I can see that Carl's ready because he's holding his sound effects machine. It's yep, very sophisticated. $19.99. Well, you don't know because you didn't buy it. That's just a guess. <laughs> Are you making that Hi, up? Hi, Mike. Hi, Mike. Hello. <laughs> okay, we're going to do uh, talk about Reese Witherspoon, and we're going to add Curtis into the mix here. Hey, Curtis. Hello. And uh, we will start with you, Mike. Number one, Reese Witherspoon owns a production company called Hello Sunshine. Is that real or ridiculous? I guess real. Curtis? I'm going to go ridiculous. I'm going to say real. It is real. Yeah, So we baby. got two out of three. <laughs> All right. All right. I know it doesn't sound yeah. real. I think I would have said ridiculous, too. That's Mike why. and I are on a roll here. All right. Number two. Mike and I are on a roll. They've got one right. <laughs> um, after the success of Legally Blonde, she also started Elle Woods in the sequel titled Legally Blonde 2, Red, White, and Blonde. Is that true? Did she also star in the sequel as Elle Woods called Legally Blonde 2, Red, White, and Blonde? What do you think, Mike? I think it's real. I'm also going to go real. Yeah, real. It's real. That is absolutely real. All right. Number three in 2006. I'm sticking with Mike. That's a good idea. Just don't stick with Curtis. In 2006, she won the Best Actress Academy Award for her portrayal of June Carter Cash in Walk the Line. Real or ridiculous? Oh, wow. Um, Well, I'm going to say ridiculous. I'll go real, just for the heck of it. It's real. It's real. It's Uh real. So this is for Mike. (laughs) Sorry, Mike. I believe I am the only one that got all three right. I believe that Mike is the big winner here, and that's what's important. And, Mike, we're so excited to give you a Lou Malnati's gift certificate. Lou Malnati's is home of Chicago's very best deep dish pizza, our personal favorite here because we just had one on WGN Radio Theater that I bought. No, just kidding. Find one of their 40-plus Chicagoland locations or order online at LouMelnati's.com. Thank you so much for playing. You did a great job. Thank you. Way to go, Mike. Take care. All right. So, uh, yeah, I got all three right. Just It uh, happens once in a blue moon. Want to make sure everyone in the 45-state radius that this radio station reaches to know that I got all three right. Just to clarify, then, you got all of them right or you didn't get them all right? um, gave out just now. Right. I got all three right. So you got them all right. Yeah. So now we They're all know. All, Everybody's very clear that he got them all three right. Were right by me. Got it. And Curtis was wrong on one of them, and Mike was wrong on of them. So but I was you right did on get all them three. all right. Yes. Excellent. Good just, job, Carl. Uh, a plus. Want to make sure and clarify. I get that. a D and you get an A plus. I right. can't wait till the next round. A plus. I can't wait till the next round. When you You're going to have to stick around. You're going to stick around for the next one. All right. Time for KC Crime Photography amateur detective series and Casey was a newspaper cameraman who took 
crime scene photos and his keen eye for detail served him well, Lisa, because he solved the crimes he was assigned to photograph. Interesting concept for a show. Um, here was this um, ace cameraman, and the police were having trouble solving the case, but he figured it out. And on radio, Casey was played by Stotts Cotsworth on TV, because it did make a transition to television. Richard Carlyle played him, and then later Darren McGavin played him. You know, the dad from A Christmas Story, you know, yeah, Darren sure. McGavin? Sure. He was also Night Stalker. Mm-hmm. He was uh, Casey on uh, on television. But right now it's time for a radio broadcast from October 2nd, 1947, called The Miscarriage of Justice. Part one now of Casey, crime photographer. The Anchor Hawking Glass Corporation brings you Crime Photographer. Peter Piper pecked a pick. Peter Piper packed a pick. What are you mumbling about, Ethelbert? Well, I got a bet with Casey, Mr. Marvin. He didn't think I could say three times running... Peter Piper pickled the pie, uh, Piper... <laughs> you know, it doesn't look to me as though you could even say it once, Ethelbert. That's why I gotta practice. Peter Piper... <laughs> now, look, why not try an easier sentence, Ethelbert? You know, more useful, too. Like what, Mr. Marvin? Like, uh, Anchor Hawking is the most famous name in class. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Tony Marvin. Every week at this time, the Anchor Hawking Glass Corporation of Lancaster, Ohio, and its more than 10,000 employees bring you another adventure of Casey Crime Photographer, ace cameraman who covers the crime news of a great city. Written by Alonzo Dean Cole, our adventure for tonight, Miscarriage of Justice. busy downtown street. A darkly handsome, flashily dressed woman alights from a taxi cab. Mercedes. Huh? Mercedes. What's the idea of grabbing my arm? I don't know you. You know me very well. I, I never saw you before in my life. You say that to me? Your husband's father? If you don't let me go, I, I'll call a cop. No. I call for a cop. Police. Police. Stop that. Let's go someplace and talk. No, you bad woman. Every day I pray, I find you sometimes, and now my prayers is answered. Let me go. Hey, hey, what's going on here? This crazy old man, officer. Arrest him. Take her to jail, Mr. Policeman. Make her tell the truth. She's Mercedes Domingo. I'm not. It's a lie. Ah, now, hold it, hold it here. Just who is Mercedes Domingo and why? Ten years ago, Mr. Policeman, my son Carlos was sent to prison for the murder of his wife. Only he and I know he's not guilty. Now the world will know. Because this woman is the wife he did not kill. All right, you new talk. All right. I'm ready to issue a statement. Uh, we want to interview her. Yeah, we want pictures of her and the old man who recognized her. That's right. Well, Casey, Miss Williams, all of you newspaper boys and girls, later. But right now, I'm giving you a break with an advance statement. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, some of you may be unfamiliar with the Domingo case. 
So I'll begin with a brief resume. Nearly ten years ago, a young laborer named Carlos Domingo was convicted of killing his wife, Mercedes. On circumstantial evidence, Mr. Prosecutor. Well, I, Casey, was not district attorney at that time. (laughs) (laughs) According to the testimony, Domingo had threatened her at various times. She disappeared. And he told inquiring neighbors that he believed she'd run off with another man, a waiter named Gonzalez. Now, this waiter was unknown in the neighborhood, and Domingo's stories about him were extremely conflicting. Oh, we got this. Then the body of a murdered woman was recovered from the river and identified as the missing Mercedes. I saw that body, Ann. He'd been in the water a long time. Quiet, Dave. Carlos Domingo was brought to trial, convicted, and sentenced to death. Fortunately, his sentence was later commuted to life imprisonment. After he spent nearly a year in the death house... Well, now this man's wife has reappeared alive. She's been positively identified as Mercedes Domingo. Well, what does she say about letting her husband uh, be sent up for her murder? Well, she claims she didn't know anything about it, Miss Williams. She denies knowing any waiter named Gonzalez and says she was working in a small town in Texas at the time Domingo was arrested and brought to trial. (laughs) She says the papers down there didn't carry the story and she may be telling the truth. She's in the chips now. What's she been doing for herself while hubby's been sweating it out in the big house? She's done very well, Casey. Several years ago, she acquired a piece of land in Texas that later proved to have oil underneath. Oil? She's now worth a couple of million. And that's the whole gist of the story, except that Mrs. Domingo has also gotten herself another husband without bothering to divorce her first. Yeah? He's a Texas racketeer named Alfred Jenkins. Alfred Jenkins. Unfavorably known to the police as Alf the Barber. Well, this yarn gets better and better. Yeah, but the biggest thing about it is, Mr. Prosecutor, how soon can you spring Carlos Domingo out of the pen? Uh, take this as a direct quote. Here comes, boy. My office will take immediate steps to affect this poor man's release. Here's your beer, Casey. <laughs> Thanks, pal. I suppose you and Casey are going up to Wallstock Prison tomorrow morning to see Carlos Domingo be let out, Miss Williams. Mm-hmm. We are, Ethelbert. Yep, every paper in town's going to give it front-page coverage. Poor guy. Ten years in stir for a wife murder that didn't happen. And um, our impression of Mercedes Domingo is that murder couldn't have happened to a more deserving gal. I guess she ain't much good. Well, all the DA really has on her is a bigamy charge, and that may not stand up. Why not? She married this out the barber guy while she had another husband. Well, here's the gimmick as I get it. According to a statute of limitations, if you don't hear from a wife or husband for so many years, he or she can be legally presumed dead, you see? Which means you're free to marry again. She says her lawyer told her that. Mrs. Domingo's second husband is sticking by her in all this, I read. <laughs> well, why shouldn't he? He married a couple of million bucks and he hopes to hang on to it. Mr. Jenkins is another sweet-scented character. How did he get his nickname of Alf the Barber? Uh, there's a very complicated reason behind that, Ethelbert. Yeah? His first name is Alfred and he used to be a barber. I see. Oh! <laughs> yeah. Did he know she was married? Uh, she probably never told him what she'd done to her other husband, so all this has been quite a shock to the mug. Oh, Annie, it's getting late. We've got to make an early start for that prison in the morning. Mm-hmm. Going, it's huh? quite a drive to Wallstock. Let's go home and get some sleep. Uh, Who's going to pay that poor guy for all he's been through? Well, the state will end up by giving him a few thousand bucks, I guess. But even at that, he's been a fall guy for nothing. I guess he's thinking plenty about that and is pretty sore. I'd be. Well, in prison, guys learn to keep their thoughts and their feelings to themselves, pal. 
Well, let's go, Annie. going to say that. Well, you can say it. Go ahead. Our story will continue in just a moment. You did a better job. Thank you. And I was right on all three of those other things, just in case you're I wondering. I forgot. Yeah. Did you get them all right? Three of them. You got all of them in right. In a row. Yeah. Well, I'm sure it won't happen the next time. That was an Casey, anomaly. That's the first portion of Casey Crime Photographer, Miscarriage of Justice, October 2nd, 1947, starring Stotts Cotsworth. How'd you like to have a moniker like that. Stotts Cotsworth. I kind of like it. S-T-A-A-T-S. A-T-S. No, two it's A's. two A's. I said S-T-A and then I said A-T-S. Stotts 
Cotsworth. Two T's as well. I know how to spell it. Let's take a quick break. And then it's more of the WGN Radio Theater. All right. You know what, Lisa Wolf? What, Carl Amari? I want to make sure everybody knows that when you shop at Woodman's, which I did this week, you know, I forgot to take a picture. I I always always say to you, did you take a picture? Take a picture. My son and I went to Woodman's. We stocked up. I spent like $250. But I'm telling you, we got so much food. That same amount of food at another place would have been 320 See, probably. I like to buy less and go more often because... Well, I'm lazy. I can't stock up. I and have I to buy like fresh produce. You know what the great thing about and... Woodman's, too, is you get giant carts they have huge carts there. So it's you know? good for stocking Yeah, up. because uh, at other places, which I'll not name, that I used to go to, smaller carts. Couldn't so get a like lot of stuff. Cart. That like way you can climb cart. in. You could sit in the front. They have... You could the, get pushed around. <laughs> yeah. They got the best pricing. But uh, here's the other great thing about Woodman's. Not only great pricing, tons of uh, all kinds of... Everything you could imagine is there, right? But when you shop at Woodman's and you take a photo with your smartphone, of your receipt, your Woodman's receipt. You can email it to us at woodmanswgn at gmail.com. Woodman'swgn at gmail.com. And then we'll send you back via digital download 12 classic radio shows. And we change them up every month. So if you shop at Woodman's once a month or twice a month, whatever, you can send that in to us and you'll get the 12 shows per month. And we're hoping that you enjoy your shopping experience um, at Woodman's. I always do. Yeah, I know. It's a great store. I'm telling you, it's fantastic. My son was like, wow, this place is massive. That's nice that he went with Yeah, he went with because he's always complaining. He says I'm a bad shopper. He says, I don't have the food he wants. And I'm like, they okay, all, they guess what? Say that. Here's the deal, kiddo. <laughs> pick out what you want. Come with me. Yeah. Pick what you want. And uh, then you'll have what you want. And then he'll still complain about it. Then he'll still complain. <laughs> Back to WGN Radio Theater with Earl Amari and Lisa Wolf. All right. Bill Curtis said that you're Lisa Wolf and that I'm Carl Amari. I met Bill Curtis, remember? I, I told you about that. I know, I'm so jealous. And it's so funny because I was so excited because I said, yeah, you, you said my name in in the promo. And he said, what's your name? And I told him, he goes, oh, yeah, I remember. I don't know if he really did, but he was so gracious enough to say that he did. And that's enough for me. I want to meet <laughs> Bill Curtis. Well, you got to hang out with me more often. Where did you see him at? I saw him at a theater. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. yeah? I saw him I at probably, Writers... I probably won't run into him. Writers there. Theater in Glencoe, the next show there, is one of my all-time favorite shows. I'll be there in a couple of weeks. It's Next to Normal. That is one of my all-time favorite musicals. I wonder if Bill would want to come on the air and talk about classic radio. And, I mean, not that he would, you know, but he probably likes classic radio. I'm sure we could have a great conversation with Bill Curtis. I would love Bill to have Curtis, Bill Curtis on the But I show. don't have his information, I but... I think he's awesome. I don't... Yeah, uh, I wonder if he's here. I mean, I know where he lives because I did that shoot at his house. I just respect what he's done. Not only is he an amazing, you know, personality, but he had produces all these television shows and he hosts all these said. shows. I, I did, he was uh, an American, anchor man. Was it American and, Greed. Yeah, I did it. I filmed at it his at house. his house, but right. he wasn't there. I mean, the guy is was just there. he's great. Yeah. Plus, he says my name correctly, which. He's- Right, that's a that's lot of not work. Easy to do. So let's uh, reach out to him. Luann asked me if my name was uh, stage name, 
And you said? She wanted to know if my name was a stage name. And your answer was? I said, no. No, I was born (laughs) with this name. I can take a photo of my uh, birth certificate. Oh, that's okay. We believe you. (laughs) But but Luann believed me. But she was like, wow, really? I thought that that was your stage name. That's funny. I didn't think of that. I never really thought about that. You know, people on the radio change their names all the time. Yeah. Clearly, we well, did not. I am in the witness <laughs> protection program, so maybe I did. That's a good idea for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. It's time for the conclusion now to Casey Crime Photographer. Mm-hmm. Whoever carved up Mercedes Domingo did a very thorough job, Logan. I'll say it was a thorough job, Casey. Put, put the sheet back over that body, Captain. I told you not to look, Miss Williams. The doc says she was killed last night, huh? Yeah, about 11 o'clock. What have you found out? Well, not much so far. The floor clerk on duty can't remember anybody visiting the Domingo woman last night. Uh, she was known here as Mrs. Jenkins, of course. Hmm. Did you find the murder weapon? No, we didn't find it, but doc says only a straight razor could inflict such wounds. A barber's razor? Yeah. But we did find $10,000 in cash lying on this table where the killer couldn't have failed to see it. $10,000? Uh-huh. Anything else? Well, somebody tore up a good-sized piece of blood-stained cardboard and burned it in that fireplace last night. What kind of cardboard? Oh, heavy, good-quality stuff with a linen-like finish. Like they used to make paper collars out of. Paper collars? Yeah, my old man wore them when I was a kid. You probably never saw one, Miss Williams. Uh-uh. I've sent the pieces down to the headquarters lab, and that's all I've got, Casey. Outside of a perfect suspect. Yeah. It sure looks like a revenge killing, that adds up to Carlos Domingo. Or uh, Carlos' father. Mm. You remember what he said at the prison, Casey, that he'd like to cut this woman's heart out? Yeah, yeah. I'm having both father and son picked up and brought down to headquarters. Logan, you know, this adds up so easy, I distrust the total. Yeah, frankly, Casey, I'm a little afraid of it. I'm having Jenkins, uh, Alf the barber, picked up, too. You mean because a barber's razor was used No, to... Miss Williams, because with this woman dead, Jenkins has a swell chance of inheriting all her dough. And it's that darn razor that makes him an unlikely suspect. Yeah, that fogs the picture. Well, I don't see why. He used to be a barber. Look, Annie, it isn't probable he'd use a murder weapon that ties up with his nickname and his former trade. He'd figure the cops would get ideas from that. That's 100% correct, Miss Williams. But, Captain, use of that razor has given you and Casey the idea that Jenkins is an unlikely suspect. Yeah, but... Huh? Hmm. <laughs> Clever, these women, look. Yeah. I'm starting for headquarters. Carlos, his old man, and Elf Jenkins had better have perfect alibis or else. Well, I don't think that or else can apply to Carlos. He's already served time for the murder of his wife and been unconditionally pardoned. And a man can't be tried twice for the same crime, can he? That's for the lawyers to argue out. I'm just a cop with a murder to solve. Let's go. At 11 o'clock last night, you were out walking, Carlos. Walking alone, you say? Yes, Captain. Walking alone. And your walk took you to Mercedes Hotel, didn't it? You got into a room and killed her. If you think so. You admit it. I admit nothing. I deny nothing. Give me a direct answer. Did you kill that woman? Once I tell policemen, no, I did not kill. So I'm punished. And now I say... I do kill. What happened? Do you pat Carlos on the back and let him go home? Uh, 
I guess you know we haven't much chance of sending you up for a crime you've already paid for. Captain, a very bad woman has been killed. Whether I kill her or another killer, she's dead. Now I say no more. Domingo, your son says he was out between 10 o'clock and midnight. You can't prove you didn't leave the house, go to that hotel, and kill Mercedes. No. That I cannot prove. You did prove her. You did kill her. That can you prove. It was either you or your son. You think so, eh? All right, I'll let you think. My son, you cannot make pay again for something you have paid for before. And I paid too when you peoples of the law took my only son away. Me? You cannot make pay again. For I am old and have little time to live. <laughs> I laugh at you, Captain. I laugh and say no more. <laughs> at the Hotel Marbury at 11 last night, Jenkins? I never left the place from 9 last night till almost 2 this morning. Were you alone in the Marbury Lounge or was somebody with you? Two very well-known gents. I, I, I mean gentlemen were with me. My attorney, Louis West, and Lieutenant Brenner of your own headquarters police. Lieutenant Brenner? He was at my table constantly from 10 o'clock till after midnight. Okay, Jenkins. I'm afraid your alibi will be as good as you say. <laughs> or his father did the killing? No. They're simply 100% behind anybody who did. And Jenkins had a perfect alibi. Yeah. Say, Annie, wait. Hmm? The floor clerk at that hotel didn't remember seeing anybody visit Mercedes' room. Of course he wouldn't. Why not? Those scraps of burned cardboard Logan found, they reminded Logan of the material used for paper collars, huh? For what? Well, something else is made of the same material. Paper dickies, Annie. Dickies? Yeah, those false shirt fronts, the starch kind. <laughs> when, it, when it gets dirty, you throw it away and stick a fresh one under the collar button. Waiters wear them, Annie. Well, I don't Waiters see what that's... wear them, Annie. And who'd notice a waiter in the halls of a big hotel? But Logan said none of the employees seemed possible suspects. Well, this waiter didn't have to work in a hotel. Oh, then any man could have put on a tuxedo? No, 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 not any man. He had to actually be a waiter to get by the way he did it, or kill the way he did. He had to be... Annie. What? That Gonzalez. Gonzalez? The waiter Mercedes left Carlos for ten years ago. She walked out on Gonzalez and double-crossed him as she's double-crossed every other guy she's known. Yeah. We're going to try to find Gonzalez, Well, Annie. how can we? Carlos' chief defense lawyer, Harris, he's got a picture of Gonzalez. He has? Yeah. And Harris let me make a copy of it a few days ago. I thought City Desk might want to run it. Annie, we get that picture and then we go to work. <laughs> agencies upstairs in, in walk-up buildings. Oh, I don't know, Annie. I don't know. This will make the 13th agency we visited. No, Well, our luck is bound to change. Yeah. Get worse. Here's a joint. Right. Uh, you two a waitress and a chef? No. No, no. Well, in that case, other way today. 
Only thing open for a married couple is a waitress and a chef. Uh, Could I? Cashier and counter? Uh, neither, pal. Well, we... you don't look like dishwashers. Oh, thanks. I guess you must be a bartender, pal. I can tell you're not a waiter. You ain't got the manner. Uh, I'll hear a registry card to fill out and give me 50 cents a piece. Mr. Let me say something. Go ahead. Who's stopping you? Uh, we're, we're not looking for jobs. Oh, you want to hire people. Well, step into my office. Sit down. Make yourselves at home. What do you want? Uh, help a restaurant, a hotel, uh, lunchroom? Uh, look, we're looking for a waiter. I've got thousands of them. But we only want one. Uh, a special one. Here's his picture. Look. You don't want this waiter. Uh, you know him? Of course I do. His name Frank Gomez. Frank Gomez, eh? Yes, he used to be a fine waiter. He's undependable now. I lost two jobs I got him. You, you don't want him. Uh, he's just the guy we do want, mister. Okay, I've warned you. Give me your address and I'll send him to you. No, no. Give us his address. I don't do business that way. No? Uh, uh, what's that $20 bill for? Gomez address. Well, I like to do business. Uh, where did I find his card? Uh, say, that other fellow must have been looking for Gomez. Huh? Other fellow? Yeah, he was in here a half hour ago. What did the guy look like? A uh, big fellow. What address? That's all I noticed. Here, here's his address. Thanks, pal. Come on, oh, Amy. Thanks for the double sober. Bye. Hey, Casey. What do you think... Who do you think was looking for Gomez? <laughs> look, Logan's cops, Annie. That lugger's figured those scraps of burned cardboard just the way I did. And he's put his guys out to find Gonzalez. If we want an exclusive story, Annie, we've got to get to this address before Logan beats us to it. This is a terrible old tenement, Casey. Yeah, it's pretty bad. And... I think we're on the wrong track. No man who lives in a place like this would have passed up Mercedes $10,000. Soon find out. Here it goes. Guess he isn't in. I'll try the door. It's unlocked. Hey, a man's asleep on that cot. Yeah. He's the guy of the picture, Annie. He's the wreck of that guy. Let me close the door. Now. Wake up, Gonzalez. Wake up, Gonzalez. Gonzalez. That used to be your name, didn't it, Gomez? You... You're a policeman. You've been expecting a policeman? I... I was just dreaming. A pleasant dream. That everything was over. Tell me about Mercedes, fellow. She's dead. And you killed her? Yes, at last. Why? Because I was once a man. And she made me a dog. You took her away from Carlos Domingo? Yes! I'm crazy mad for her, and I'm fool. She made me hate her husband because she say he bad to her. So when we read in paper that Carlos is arrested for her murder, we think it's fine joke on him. We say let him go to prison or die, then we will marry. You and Mercedes were in this city, then? Yes. I give her all my money and send her away. I stay here but change my name and go no more where people know me. She write me letters for a while. Then her letters stop. Go on. I go to town where she was, but she's gone. I... Well, I know what she is then. And I know myself. Yeah, nice guy, weren't you? You didn't say a few words that would have gotten Carlos out of prison. I was afraid of police. Afraid and full of hate for the woman who had made me a coward and a fool. Then at last, I read in the paper of how Mercedes farm. I come back. I found out where she lived. And yesterday, I call her on the telephone. But... You found her? I tell her I've kept her letters, letters that would send her to prison. She beg I let her buy the letters, and I play with her like the cat with the mouse. 
I say get $10,000. I will come for it tomorrow, but... I go to her last night. It's in your waiter uniform with a razor in your pocket. Yes, I tell her who I am. She's afraid. She quick offer me the money, and then... Her bad life is ended. My bad life should be ended, too. Take me to jail, Mr. Policeman. Let's go, Gonzalez. Stay where you are. What are you doing here, Jenkins? Why that gun? I'm here to protect my interest, Mr. Casey. <laughs> Seems we were both trying to locate Gonzalez in the same way this afternoon. It wasn't a cop that man told us about, Anna. Was... Who is this man who is pointing a gun at us? Mm. Yes, you two should know each other. Gonzalez, meet Mercedes' final boyfriend, Mr. Alf the Barber Jenkins. Oh. Change that boyfriend to husband, wise guy. Make it husband and sole heir. Yes, I'm beginning to get this straight now. Gonzalez, hand over those old letters of Mercedes. The letters? I guess she told you about that phone call from Gonzalez, Alf. Right after she got it. Yes, if Gonzalez talked or showed those letters, you would be out as Mercedes' husband. The courts would award Carlos everything she yeah. had. Yeah, Gonzalez, don't think I hold it against you for bumping off Mercedes. That's okay, fella. But I want them letters. Where are they? There's... Wait, some... Gonzalez. Don't tell him. Even if he gets those letters, he doesn't dare let you live or Miss Williams and me. We've heard your story. He's come here prepared for a killing. I see. The letters are not here, Mr. Barr. If you kept your trap shut, Casey, you might have lived a little longer. After this mug sees you get it in the belly, he'll be anxious to talk. And you'll get... No! It. Keep back up! I'll go for you! Then take it, you chump! Yeah, and you'll take it, Mr. Schenken! I got his gun, Annie. Yeah, he shot Gonzalez, Casey. Right through the chest. Need it for a doctor. Quick, in the cops. Yeah. Quick, kid. I'm on my way. Gonzalez, you walked right into that gun of Jenkins when he was going to give me the works. If you hadn't drawn his attention Once away, he would have... I let innocent man go to prison. I do not try to save him. Tonight, El Buen Dios gave me a chance. Sure. You understand? Yes. I understand. You found them letters after Gonzalez died, huh, Casey? Well, the cops did, Ethelbert. Yeah. Those letters complete the case for Carlos Domingo. As Mercedes' husband, only heir, he'll get her entire estate. Which is a pretty small payment for all he went through. Mm, that's so. Now I guess that Alf the barber will get more than a sample of what Carlos went through. Oh, yeah, much more. He'll get the works. Them husbands of Mercedes don't have such a good time of it, do they? She was what you call a femi fatally. Huh? Well, that's a Greek word, meaning a uh, female troublemaker. Uh, like Cleopatra and Helena Troy and, and Mrs. O'Leary's cow. Mrs. O'Leary's... Cow? Don't you two know your history? That cow kicked over a lantern once and burned up most of Chicago. Uh, a femi fatally, Casey. Annie, a femi fatally. What's the matter? Ethelbert... Tell us more. Prime for 
cinematographer starring Stotts Cotsworth as Casey is brought to you each Thursday by the Anchor Hawking Glass Corporation, makers of Fire King Oven Glass. Anchor Glass Containers, Anchor Caps and Closures, all products of Anchor Hawking, the most famous name in glass. Photographer is directed by John Deets. The original music is by Archie Blyer, and the program features Miss Jan Minor as Anne and John Gibson as Ethelbert. Herman Chittison is the Blue Note pianist. This is Tony Marvin saying good night for the Anchor Hawking Glass Corporation of Lancaster, Ohio, with offices in all principal cities of the United States and Canada. Thursday night on CBS is the biggest show in town. So stay tuned for exciting dramatizations on Reader's Digest Radio Edition, which follows immediately over most of these stations. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. All right, that's Casey, crime photographer, October 2nd, 1947, The Miscarriage of Justice, starring Stotts Cotsworth. More after these words. All right. You know what, Lisa? Uh, yes, Carl. We still have a whole nother hour. I know. On the air here. That's why I'm still here. Another hour. <laughs> and in the next hour, it's going to be The Adventures of Red Rider, a good Western. You know, this series started in 1941, lasted all the way to 1951. That's a pretty long time for a radio broadcast, you know, the series to be on the radio. We only hope that it's we're like on here that long. <laughs> well, that's 10 years. We, With our other show, we've been on the air almost 11, I think it's 11 years. Yeah, but that's a here, long time. we're on, it's been four years. Because we do a syndicated show as well as our live and local show here on WGN. And that show has been 11 years. Started in... Well, we started in 2009, so That's it's right. going into our 11th year That's on that. right. And uh, going into our fifth year now? I i don't know how I do it with how you. How do you do it? <laughs> I don't know. My gosh. And she does it with a smile on her face. That's true. How could you stand I, being around me that I, long? It's not you. I feel like I just not, love it. No, I'm I, glad, because everyone it, else says it's me. I know. I, I just love being here at WGN. I just oh, it puts so a smile on my face. Oh, so it's not me that you want no. to do this show with. It's just that it's on WGN. I just like being here. It feels good. I like yeah, WGN. You like, it feels you like, like it? the right spot The vibe is good here. It is. It's yeah, good vibe. Sure she likes me. More than I you. do like she you, does Roger. Like you, Roger. <laughs> she always talks about how much she likes you. I do like I you, Roger, most of the time. <laughs> <I'm mostly. laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Actually, Roger is a lot of fun to be around. Most of the time. Yeah, most I, don't, of the time. <laughs> I mean, he and I, he and I have these debates, you know? We have Sometimes these debates. you guys get a little heated, but, you know, yeah. that's well, your personality. That's all right. I'm, I'm learning how to let him debate by himself. <laughs> that's right. That's, just cause Roger's, that's what I do, Roger. Just because Roger's go. always wrong in the debate yeah, doesn't. No, I mean, not. he's consistently wrong every time in the debate. Uh, no comment. <laughs> no but other than that. No comment. You keep believing that. Go ahead. You just keep letting yeah. him go. And, you know, I had this fine. great joke that I told him. Them earlier, mm-hmm. but Lisa ruined the joke. Roger, did I ruin it? Curtis ruined it, and Curtis, I was Curtis trying to tell. Talking. I was trying to tell Roger this joke, and they kept interrupting. You know, when you're telling a joke and there's a flow. Well, it's got to be good to start with. 
This is true. <laughs> and and so I had this joke. It's I got, there was I got no flow. tons no. of mileage out of this joke. Everybody laughs about it. All, no my, all my friends on my baseball More team like today. Ebb. I told my friends on my baseball team today they were just thought it was hysterical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now I'm telling Roger They're being polite. And yes. Lisa and Curtis are like interrupting my flow of the jokes. There was no flow. Yeah. You know, you are good at a lot of things. Jokes may not be your strength. <laughs> Listen, I'm gonna. I am going to do. Hey, a, that book you got for me. A tour. That joke book you got for me. Yeah, uh, I was yes, in the hospital. We did. Yes. That was hilarious. I'm so glad. You need to read it. I would love to, but <laughs> not it's yours. you, Carl. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I you were talking to me. Is there some good jokes in there? Yeah, a lot better we than the ones the you're doing. Book. A lot better than. Listen, <laughs> you know what? What I figured, what would take you know all that junk <laughs> off your mind better than a good joke book? Listen, that joke wonderful. I told you Thank today you. was fantastic. Yeah, it was rejected oh, from the book. Oh, that was just great. Fantastic <laughs> joke. It's, it's it's in the dirty version, Roger. <laughs> hey, I, uh, here's here's something that's not a joke. What's that? Look at the clock. Yeah. It is one, one o'clock. o'clock, and yeah. we like to stick Perfect to our clock. Perfect timing. Yeah. Look at you. Back to WGN Radio Theater with Earl Amari and Lisa Wolf. Texting and driving is very serious. Remember, safe driving is everyone's responsibility. Put the phone down and don't text and drive. This message, courtesy of Alley 64 Bar and Grill in Palatine, where they are working hard for the future of our community. Stop by 2001 North Rand Road in Palatine or call 847-934-6408. 847-934-6408. That's Alley 64 Bar and Grill. On the air, reminding everyone, to arrive alive, don't text and drive. Hey, Curtis, driving here with Lisa, she yeah. actually shrieked. She in shrieked. The car. What did she you do? Shrieked. Exactly. What did you do? Is the right next question. A car was, you know, they thirty were, car they were lengths right in front up. of us, and they Cur- were backing up. Thirty? No, no, no. On yes. the highway, not oh. that. Oh, when you one? shrieked on the highway, do you remember that? So there were two yeah. times she shrieked. On yeah, the she shrieked actually. On the, yeah, two times. Carl, I think you First need to retake all, your driver's test. Wait a second. First of all, she, shriek is not the right is word. The I, didn't, worst. I didn't shriek. I don't you even do know how to shriek. Not want to carpool with Lisa Wolf. Trust me. I think Lisa would trust me as a driver. Lisa, you and your husband. Does your husband? Do you do this to him too? Is it when he drives, or do you drive? He drives, and you shriek when I he don't drives. Shriek, too? but sometimes I might point out that the she car, like, the car in front is, of us, is stopping, no, and we're not. This, no, this is her. You ready? <laughs> and I'm like, it. I almost like have a heart attack when she does it. I think there's like that, something that going, to me sounds like you worse. weaving in and out of traffic and giving. No, these a heart you attack. know what happens? It was perfectly fine. Sometimes, Nothing was going on. Sometimes one might not be noticing what's happening in front of them. Like all of the cars are braking and we're no. still flying down the highway. No, no and that's I get not a little nervous happened. that we're not. That's not what happened. We're not noticing what's going around. Yeah. She Stopping literally distance. shrieked. Well, you have to, and that throws you as a driver. You know, everything's fine in your world. You're driving. Everything's totally fine. And your passenger is shrieking. Well, maybe the driver needs to note what's going on around him or her. All right. Who's the celebrity? The celebrity is John Candy. <laughs> okay. Which reminds me of planes, trains, and automobiles. What That's a like great you. Great movie. And Home Alone. And Home Until Alone. Until you figure that out yeah, two that breaks we, ago. Also, in this Home hour, Alone. Red Rider. You don't want to miss that. All right. And um, with John Candy, we are also going to be giving away uh, two tickets to Porchlight Theater. Um, they're doing a show about the young Marx brothers in Chicago. So we'll be doing that as well. All right. We'll call her. We're going to go with caller number three. So you can call now, 312 Nine eight one seventy two hundred. Call now, and we will be right back. 
But I think I figured out how to handle fixed parking in Chicago. How's that? Mobile valets. I know I need a space. Yeah, I go on to Uber. Yeah, it's a working title. I don't know what it's called. It's like Uber, but it's a mobile valet. Yeah, some kid uh, shows up where I'm going, and I'm willing to pay for this kid to either sit in my car, right on the street, or drive it around for a while. Okay, a couple of questions come to mind. Go ahead. How does he get to you? Not my problem. He's just got to get there. Somebody in that area who's willing to sit in my car. I'm Uber. <laughs> Uber. Cochran's got it all on tape, so don't even think about it. Having said that, you know I'm not going to follow through with this. And you know somebody's going to take this and they're going to turn it into a gazillion dollar idea. If they haven't already. Steve Cochran Brain Trust. Weekday mornings on 720 WGN. Manufacturing is at the heart of our economy in Chicago. As a matter of fact, it's the second largest business sector. Now, we all want to run or manage companies that provide safe work environments and meet government regulations. Luckily, there's a business called U.S. Compliance. It's not a government agency, but they work with the government agencies that meet the OSHA standards and environmental compliance regulations that you don't have the time to worry about. Their goal is to help you keep your workers safe, keep the environment healthy, and make your community a better place. If you're the owner of a small to medium-sized business, or maybe you're the plant manager, or you're responsible for the company's OSHA and environmental regulations, U.S. Compliance is here to make your life easier. They provide comprehensive expertise for a flat monthly fee. They're never going to come in and upcharge you. You know what you're paying. U.S. Compliance has been doing this for over 30 years. Visit them at uscompliance.com. That's uscompliance.com. Or call 888-897-8681. Start spending time on what's going to keep you in business, make you money, and make you happy. It's uscompliance.com. 888-897-8681. There's a restaurant in the heart of River North you need to experience. Tortoise Supper Club, a metropolitan supper club owned by lifelong Chicagoans who truly love this city. Tortoise Supper Club serves refined American classics with the highest quality ingredients, all from scratch. The best steaks, chops and seafood, craft cocktails, and classic martinis. Friday and Saturday nights, you'll enjoy Sinatra-style music. Tortoise Supper Club, 350 North State Street, with free valet parking for theater goers. Reserve your table at tortoisesupperclub.com. Hey, it's John Williams. Spring's a great time to look at new windows and doors. I'm recommending Next Door and Window. We had them install beautiful, energy-efficient Marvin windows. Call today for 40% off installation of windows and doors with 18 months interest-free financing. Call 1-800-NEXT-DOOR or go to 1-800-NEXT-DOOR.COM. Next Door and Window, thousands of options, one perfect fit. Rogue drivers looking to take airport travelers for a ride. Ben Bradley goes undercover to try and catch them in the act. WGN-TV investigates Monday at 9. Come on, baby. Let's get ridiculous. Hey, Glenn. We've got you on the phone. How are you? Good. How are you, Lisa? Good. Hey, Glenn. What's up, buddy? Uh, long-time fan since the other station. Ah, oh, thank you. Um, I loved meeting you guys at the Hall of Fame induction a couple of years ago for Nick. Damn, of course. Yeah. I wish you guys were on four or five hours a night, but we'll take what we can get. Lisa wouldn't be able to handle that with me. Uh, That's for sure. I can tell you that right now. (laughs) Well, already I can't handle Carl Glenn. She's on the edge. He's literally been boasting about getting all three right the whole show. Stick with me, Glenn. So we're gonna have. I want you to get them all right, Glenn. But honestly, we've got we've got to have Carl get one wrong. I won't be able to drive home with him. Single one of these. I'm getting them all right. I can't listen to him on the way home. So let's see what we can do here. As she shrieks. 
Well, that's between you guys. We're going to do our best at regardless. All right, All right Curtis, you're in, true, right? Yes. Okay, here we go. This is John Candy, number one. He made his directorial debut in 1993 with the film Rookie of the Year, in which he also made a cameo appearance. Is that real or ridiculous? Mm. Ridiculous. That is real. Wow. You're pretty sure about that, huh? I guess. I'm gonna I'm sticking with Glenn. Ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yes. Oh, He's I'm in four for four. I know, but that wasn't his directorial debut. Oh, okay. It was uh, actually the film um Hostage for a Day. Glenn, we're, okay. we're so he we're, didn't direct this one. We're one for one. All right. Uh, number two. Uh, he was never a member of Saturday Night Live, though he was offered the option to join. Real or ridiculous? Carl, I think it's real. It is. It is. He's never been a cast member of Saturday Night Live, so I think it's real. I'll go with them too. Real. It's real. Man, oh, I am on a roll. Oh no, Glenn! I don't think I can live with him. We are a, kicking you're butt. You're on a roll. Wait a minute, Carl. <laughs> Both of us. I'm really. Well, I had here. I had all three right before too. So I got five. I have what was was that five? That's five, Carl. Three and two. <laughs> math wasn't five. my this best is the subject. Math part of the no, show. I think you took all right, up here space. Here we go. Come on, we're going to do this. Yes. Number three. I was an astronaut. Dan Aykroyd and Harold Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis wrote the part of Lewis Tully in Ghostbusters for John Candy, but he turned it down real mm. or ridiculous what do you think glenn i think it could be real i've uh, never heard that but i'm gonna go for it i think it's real real I'm well gonna be, i'm gonna be different i'll go ridiculous ridiculous well i'll, I'll definitely you, one of those i'll tell you yeah. this i know for a fact that the the part in um for um the uh <laughs> cable guy Yep. Cable Guy was written for John Candy. That is right. And so was Shrek. Shrek was supposed to be John Candy. That I didn't know. Yeah, but he passed away. Couldn't do either one of those roles, so they had a higher, you know... But this one, we're talking about Ghostbusters. I'm going to say real. I'm going with Glenn. All right. It's real. All right. That is I'm absolutely six right. Six for six. Oh, no. And Glenn got them all right. Glenn, you did a great job. Carl, oh, whatever. I am, I am um, just... I'm, but... I'm indestructible. <laughs> yes, you are just... I don't think that's the word you meant, but anyways, I'm glad you... <laughs> I'm impervious to bullets. Okay. Glenn, you got two tickets to Porchlight Revisits Minis Boys. It's May 22nd and 23rd. Um, it's an award-winning Porchlight Music Theater. They take Chicago back in time in this look at the Young Marx Brothers in Chicago premiere. Um, it is a gem. It is. Uh, you can check it out at porchlightmusictheater.org, and that uh, pairs perfectly with our show. It's all about the Young Marx Brothers. So maybe learn a little bit about it and enjoy the show. Thank you. This is great because uh, I've been a fan of the Marx Brothers since, you know, the early mid-70s. Remember when they had the Marx Brothers revival at, at colleges and and Groucho did some uh, concerts? So, wow, this is Oh, great. that's perfect. You're going to love it. Let us know what you think of the show. Way to go, okay. Glenn. Thank you, Thanks, Glenn. buddy. All right, great talking to you. Glenn's a big winner. He, uh, he's going to see the Marx Brothers. All right, it's time now for Red Rider, good Western adventure. 
It was a show based on the popular comic strip by Steven Schlesinger and Fred Harmon. Came to radio 1942, lasted till 51. And for a time, this series beat its rival, The Lone Ranger, in the ratings. And uh, that's tough to that's tough to do. Reed Hadley. Carlton Cadell and Brooke Temple all played Red Rider over the run. There were 35 movies and serials about Red Rider. It never made a transition to television, though. And uh, although there were two pilots produced, but it never got onto TV. But here's a radio broadcast for you now from February 26, 1942. This stars Reed Hanley. It's called The Range War, part one now of uh, The Red Rider Show. From out of the West comes Red Rider, America's famous fighting cowboy. That pony, little beaver. My friend Stony Barton's about to stop hot lead, so let's hit that trail. You betcha, Red Rider. Get along. Get him up. Get Get going, Thunder. Hit that trail. Come on, Thunder. The Adventures of Red Rider. Exciting adventure during which Ace Hanlon was captured and thrown into jail, Red Rider and Little Beaver were about to leave town when startling news reached Red and made him change his plans. They are now racing across the hills towards the Barton Ranch, where a range war is about to be declared. Dig into that pinto, Little Beaver. We've got to hit the breeze. We get him to Barton Ranch like wind, Red Rider. Get him up, Baku! Stretch him out, Thunder. We've got to get there before any lead starts flying. Let's go, Thunder! <laughs> Look out the window, Jenny. Who's that riding up? Maybe it's Red Rider. I hope so. It's Gorman, Bart. He's just pulling up at our hitch rack. Why, if that no good foreman of Carson's come here to start trouble again... Now, Pa, don't go losing your head with any of Carson's gunmen. You know you'd never stand a chance. Come in. Howdy, Mrs. Burton. Howdy. Hello, Burton. What do you want here, Gorman? The boss sent me over for the last time, Burton. Are you ready to sell your spread? Carson knows my answer. I ain't selling to his kind, and he knows it. Now, get out, Gorman. Burton, I ain't exactly used to folks ordering me around like that. I said get going. Bart, please. You leave me be, Jenny. Gorman, if you're not off my property in five seconds, I'll be reaching for my shooting. I wouldn't try that if I were you, Burton. Why, you... Bart, take your hand off that gun. Get away, Jenny. Don't stand in front of me. Why don't you stop hiding behind your wife's skirts, Burton? Why, you blasted coyote, I'll show you who's hiding behind... Bart, I won't let you... Jenny. You shot her. You'll have to blame yourself for that, Barton. If you hadn't gone for your 44, she wouldn't have stepped in front to try to protect you. I'll kill you for this, you You raise that gun of yours, Barton, and I'll... Stand right where you are, Gorman. Red Rider. So you're the Jasper that shot the gun out of my hand. Too bad he didn't plug you and sit, Gorman. Cut out the talk. Here, Bart. Give us a hand with the missus. Yeah. Let's lift her onto this cart. Little Beaver, get one of those pillows. Easy. Yeah. 
She's still breathing, but her pulse is weak. Little Beaver, fetch the doctor. Hurry. Me get a medicine, man. You think she'll be all right, Ryder? I don't know. But if she doesn't pull through, I'll see that this hombre is made to answer for it. It was an accident. She stepped... I saw it all through the open doors. I was riding up. And you ought to know he'd draw it on me first. That's right, Gorman. According to law, you can call it self-defense and get away with it. Uh... But if Mrs. Barton dies, I'll make you answer to me for this. Through? Yes, yes, I think so, Ryder, but... What's the matter, Doc? Well, Mr. Barton, the bullet went right through the lung and lodged between two vertebrae, which means an operation, or your wife will remain a cripple as long as she lives. How soon can you operate? Well, I couldn't, Ryder. This is an extremely delicate operation. A slip would mean death. Only a highly skilled specialist can handle this. You know any you could send for? Mm, yes, but, uh, well, the fee runs pretty high, Mr. Barton. Not saying anything about traveling expenses and so on. How much? Mm, I, I'd say it'd run you around one or two thousand dollars cash in advance. Mm, it's a heap of money, Doc. But I'll raise it. How, Bud? Selling that herd of horses I was nursing along for Army Remount. But, Bud, if you sell them at this time of year, that means you won't get half of what they're worth. Yeah, I know, but what else is there for me to do? Well, why not let me lend you enough no, to... No, thanks, Red. You've done enough for me in the past. I couldn't take anything from you while I'm able to raise it on my own. But look, Bud... No, Red, and that's final. Doc, you make all the arrangements, will you? All right, Mr. Barton, I'll get a specialist. And let's trust to God we can get him here in time. Hey, boss. Yeah. Hello, Blackie. What is it, Gorman? Me and Blackie just heard that Barton is driving his herd of horses to Willow Springs. Yeah. Barton must be hard up for cash or he wouldn't be selling them cayuses now. I reckon he needs a dinero for that operation on the old lady. Now, hey, he... that gives me an idea. What idea, cousin? Well, we want his ranch because he's got water rights to the river, don't we? That's right. And we can't make a move till we get it. But what's that got to do with him selling his herd? Well, what do you suppose would happen if Barton come home without the cash? Oh, you mean if Barton's selling to save his wife, he'd still need the money for the operation. Right. And he'd be right ready to sell out at any price. Now, you and Blackie ride over to Willis Springs. Sure, and... boss. We wait till Barton gets paid off, and then we take the money from yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> and I buy his ranch with his own money. Not bad, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Blackie. Let's go. Yeah, $2,000. Now, that's right. Thank you. You better steal that money away, bud. I don't reckon it'd be wise to let anybody see you coming out of this Willow Springs bank with all that cash. You're right, Red. This money means everything for poor Jenny. I can't afford to take any chances now. Still think you want to go back on the stagecoach? Uh, I hate to admit it, Red, but I'm plumb tuckered out. I reckon this old carcass of mine ain't what it used to be. Well, driving that herd up here the way we did would take the starch out of anybody. All right, come on, I'll have Little Beaver get the horses ready while we go and buy your ticket. What'd you find out, Blackie? Hey, Barton's carrying a cash and he's going back on a stagecoach. What about Red Ryder and that engine kid? Yeah, from what they said, they're hitting a trail on their cayuses and leading back to the old man's horse. Well, that's a break for us. Yeah, now we'll only have to take care of the old man. When does the stage leave? In about two minutes. Where do you figure we'll stick it up? We're not going to hold it up. I got a better idea. Come on. That stagecoach is ready to roll. Let's hit the saddle and ride. <laughs> 
Trestle I was telling you about, Blackie. Yeah, what do we do now, Gorman? That stagecoach is going to have an accident, Blackie. That's a lot safer for us than a holdup. First, we'll hide our horses in this clump of trees over here. All right, now untie them axes from the saddles. Then we'll go under this end of the trestle, Blackie. Uh, here's the axes. Now let's go. Uh, <laughs> chop a few of them bridges pilings, and when that coach comes rolling down over this trestle, <laughs> you know what'll happen. <laughs> I know what'll happen, but old man Barton and that driver will never know how the stage landed in this gully. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get started. Yeah. We ain't got much time to lose. <laughs> And we can ease up a bit and wait here above the trestle and watch them roll past right under us. Yeah, that old Concord coach rolling along the road below sure looks mighty pretty from the top of this hill. Yeah, you betcha. Him. Stagecoach make them good time down here. I'll say, the way that driver's hitting the breeze, that coach ought to be flying over that old wooden trestle when they hit it. <laughs> the trestle's fading in. sure smashed up. Hey, here comes Red Rider and that engine kid riding down the hill now. That's all right. They can't see us in the bottom of this gully. Come on, let's get that money before Barton or the driver come to. Oh. Uh, 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 I got it. Come on, let's go. Hey, Ryder will see us if we try to get to our horses. We'll hide under the end of the trestle, then slip back to our horses when he and the kid get down the gully. Hurry up. Oh, come on, little beaver. Uh, me come on. Oh, look him. Driver, him move him. Him not dead. Go and help him while I get Bart out of this busted stagecoach. It sure is a mess. Oh, driver, him not hurt him too bad, Red Rider. Only one arm broke him. How's your friend inside, mister? I don't know yet. Here, little beaver, give us a hand. Now, you hold these boards while I get Bart out. You fetch him. There, that does it. Oh, Red Rider, you hear him? Yes, must be some of the team running off. Go round them up, little beaver. Uh, me go catch them. Uh, what? Where am I? You all right, Bart? Yeah, I reckon I am. Just the wind knocked out of me. What happened? Red Rider, them not team horses. Two men ride them away like wind. Bart, have you still got your money belt? Oh, I have. No, it's gone. Then those two Jaspers must have taken it off you while Little Beaver and I were riding down the hill. Red, it's going to be mighty hard telling Jenny about losing this money. I don't know how I can get any more. I'll take it easy, old timer. We'll find a way. Little Beaver, you stay with Bart and make yourself useful. Where are you going, Red Roger? Will you catch a man? I'll try my best. All right, stretch him out, Thunder. Let's ride. <laughs> Return to the adventures of Red Rider in just a moment. Ah, guy, 
man, that guy did it again. Well, you can still do it. I'll pretend I, mean, I didn't hear it. This is not even you do, fair. You would do I it mean, better. Come on. Let's hear it. Come on. Chin no, up. No. Chin gonna, up. I'm not going to do it. You have to do it. Now I'm counting on you doing Beg it. Beg me a little bit. Come on. Beg me to I do won't. it. I won't. That's where I draw the line. <laughs> Beg me to do it. I will not. Oh, forget it then. Okay, good. Let's Curtis just it. said please. So, all right. All right. Curtis begged me. We'll get back to the adventures of Red Rider in just a few minutes. Too, it was too much. That? It was no? too Other much. guy did it better. It was a little too dramatic. So, Roger, I know you know the answer to this, so don't don't say the answer. I'm going to see oh. if Lisa or oh. Curtis might know the answer. Okay. All right. Who played Little Beaver in most of the films, the Red Rider films? Any idea? Curtis? I do not I'm know, I'm probably Carl. too young for this. I'm too young for this. I, I'll bet you a lot of our listeners will know the answer. I'm sure they will. Because they probably saw these Red Rider movies. I'm sure they did. So Little Beaver was played by, he was a little kid, you know, so he's an adult now. He's uh, living still. He's probably in his 70s, this actor. Oh, he, I bet you he's closer to 80, probably. Yeah. Well, I said 70s. Well, all right, fine. Upper 70s. I'm close to 70s, too. I'll give you a hint. He He was accused of murdering his wife. Well, that's like every guy. (laughs) And his theme song is Keep Your Eye on On the Sparrow. sparrow. Does that help? Any of those things? Lisa? Curtis? Lisa should get it. Here. (laughs) No? Oh, stop with the tweet, tweet. Any idea? What was that? Even I wouldn't get that. Chirp, 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 <laughs> chirp. That's me. That's me chewing, right, Curtis? Oh, please don't. Curtis says I chew. I, I make noise when I chew. You he do. used to a a uh, prop of his, not really a prop. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Was a was a, a cigarette. Co- no, no, it was, it was a, a cigarette. Unlit cigarette. It was a cockatoo. No, in the sh- in the TV show, yes. Yeah, in the TV but show. But when he would appear in public, he always kept an unlit cigarette in really? his right hand. I didn't know that. Watch any of the Carson shows. Really? He always had an unlit cigarette to, to remind him not to light up and smoke cigarettes. He huh. was trying to quit. And so and he this would was always a, have well, his show. I, I mean, I'm cheated, so I looked it his up. His show so. was, that, that was a great That TV was show. one of the greatest. Oh, I think, yeah. I remember Toma. Remember that show? Mm-hmm. I think Toma sort of evolved into Beretta, you know? Mm. Don't uh, you think? I think it was like. It had a different feel because of the different actors. Yeah, but anyway, Robert yeah. Blake. I, I, I looked it up. Yeah. He's Robert also 85, not 90. I was going to say, he's, he's got to be 80. 80s. 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 Thank you, Roger. Five? You're welcome. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. He's almost as old as Roger. He is older than me. <laughs> Way <pretty> older. <laughs> right. You had to get that in there just to make sure. Way older. Uh, all <laughs> At right. least a year or two. Back to WGN Radio Theater with Earl Amari and Lisa Wolf. Drivers, please stay alert when driving in all of our child-filled areas. Arrive alive. Don't text and drive. This message is courtesy of Dominguez Law Firm PC in Cicero, serving the area with quality and pride. For all of your legal needs, call 708-222-0200, 708-222-0200. That's Dominguez Law Firm PC in Cicero, reminding everyone to arrive alive. Don't text and drive. All right. We're listening to The Adventures of Red Rider, a show called The Range War. Let's get back to it right now.
Red Rider in pursuit of the two men who stole Barton's money when the stagecoach plunged down the trestle to the gully. Now Little Beaver and Barton have just come back to the little hometown of Kernville to report the holdup to the sheriff. They're walking down the street. Worm Sheriff Office, Mr. Barton. Right down the street, Wayne. Uh, oh, look him. Here come Red Rider. Him get him to town before us. Howdy, Red. Any luck? No, bud. No getting money for Mr. Barton? No, those Jaspers gave me the slip, and I never did get to pick their trail up again. What'll I tell Jenny now, Red? You told the doctor to get the specialist, didn't you? Yeah, but now I haven't got the money. It means Jenny will have You'll to... have the money, Bart. I'm going to send for it right now. Oh, but Red, you you can't afford it. Who said I can't? Well, I got more money than I know what to do with. An uncle of mine cashed in his chips and left me oodles of dinero. Honest? Sure, Bart. I'll ride up the street and telegraph for it right now. All right, Thunder. Well, much as I hate to do it, I reckon I'll have to let Red lend me the money, little beaver. But what uncle was it left him all that money? Uh, him, he big liar. Red Ryder no got him, uncle. Well, then why did he... Oh, him get him money. Maybe borrow him from somebody. Well, I can't let him do that. I may not be able to repay him for years. Howdy there, Barton. Uh, who him big man talking to you, Mr. Barton? That's Carson. Man who wants to buy my ranch. Hey, I was looking for you, Barton. Yeah? What for? Well, I understand you're in trouble. A stage driver from Willis Springs was telling me all about it, didn't he? Well? Well, seeing as how you need that money so much for the operation on the missus, I thought maybe you and me could uh, come to terms. About what? Your ranch, Barton. I'll give you $4,000 for a clear title to it. Mighty charitable of you, Carson. Considering it's worth 15000 and considering how much the water rights are worth to you. Well, I thought I was doing you a favor, but if you're not interested, I... Oh, uh, wait. Uh, wait a minute, Carson. I, uh, I'd i like to think it over. You won't have to, Bart. I'll have the money for you by tomorrow morning. Red, I can't have you borrowing money from me. Uh, who said I was? Little Beaver told me. He's loco. I'm not going to let you sell your homestead to the likes of Carson. I take it you're Red Rider, huh? That's the name, Carson. And before I leave this neck of the woods, you'll be wishing you never heard it. What are you driving at, Ryder? Just this. I'm satisfied the caving in of the trestle was no accident. Uh, what makes you say that? I went back there and found out where somebody had chopped the main pylons with axes. And I got a mighty good hunch who's responsible. That kind of talk's mighty dangerous around here, Ryder. What do you got to back it up? Nothing yet, but I will have. Well, let me know when you do. You'll be the first one to know, Carson. Well, I wish you luck. <laughs> You'll need it. I'll be seeing you again, Ryder. You bet you will. All right, Bart. You go on home and don't tell the missus anything about what happened. The shock wouldn't help her condition. Where are you going? Well, me and Little Beaver are going to stick on Carson's trail. Maybe I can get some evidence on those sneaking coyotes. All right, come on, Little Beaver. <laughs> Clouds, little beaver. Can't take a chance of Carson or any of his men spotting us on his range. Oh, moon almost behind him. Cloud now. Yep. And so as it's pitch dark, I'll sneak up to the lean-to and from there I'll be able to reach that second-story window where Carson and Gorman are talking. Oh, maybe you'll hear a big power and get him close enough, huh? That's what I hope to do. Oh, get your back now, Red Rider. 
again? Yep. All right, stay here with the horses. Here I go. Red Rider's going to lend Barton the money for the operation. How do you aim to get Barton spread? Maybe Ryder won't have it to lend Barton. And then uh -huh. what? Hey, what's that? Well, it sounds like... Well, there's somebody on the roof. Hurry, hurry, get him. Come on, look at him. Hey, there he is. It's Red Rider. He jumped to the ground. Don't let him run away. Get him, Blackie. Got him, boss. Dropped him right in his tracks. Good work, Blackie. Well, what do we do with him now? What do you think? Tie a rock around his neck and drop him into the river. Let's get him off the horse and toss him into the river. He's warming. Huh? He's still breathing. Uh, he won't be breathing much longer now. Let's heave him in. Uh, hey, look. He's floating downstream. What? Now that rock must have slipped off when it hit the water. Well, he won't be floating long when he bashes himself against them rapids below. <laughs> Not for long, he won't. <laughs> we got him up, Papoose. We got him safe, Red Rider. <laughs> Get him close to fast water now. doing here in your home, bud? No, no, no. Just relax, Ryder. You've been but, slight. But it's daylight. Last I remember. You get him shot in dark wet, Ryder. And tossed in the river to boot, little beaver tells us. He fetched you back to the bank just as you were about to be finished off in the rapids. Well, seems like I missed a lot of fun. I sure thank you, little beaver. Mm, no thank of me. You thank him, Papoose. All right, I'll thank your Pinto, too. Say, what time is it? Uh, it's just about nine. Then I've got to get into town and fetch that money. Ought to be here by now. Now, wait a minute, Red. And Carson Gunman see you ain't dead like you're supposed to be. And make darn sure you will be this time. Maybe I'll have something to say about that. Yeah, but, Red, they'll be gunning for you. That's what I'm hoping for. Why not get the sheriff to arrest them before you go and... Now, how are you going to prove anything against them? 
Well, a little beaver song toss you in the river. Yes, but that's not enough. Testimony of any child doesn't ever get very far in any court. Any half-smart lawyer can make it sound like just a dream. But I, I can't let you expose yourself like this. Now, don't you worry, Bart. Just hand me your spare gun and I'll be back with that money by dinner time. <laughs> Seen a ghost? When I believed in him, I'd say I had. What's biting you? Red Riders in town. What? Saw him with my own eyes. Was at the telegraph office waiting for that money to come through so he could take it back to Barton's ranch. Why, you blundering nitwits? Can't understand how he could have saved his hide, boss. Not unless he's half cat. Shut up! I ain't asking for excuses. Did he see you? Nope. And he ain't talked either. You mean not yet he ain't. Blackie, get the men. We're riding and I'm going along this time to make darn sure nothing goes wrong. <laughs> Howdy, Sheriff. What brings you here? Well, Sheriff, I've got $2,000 in this saddlebag, which I am to take over to the Barton Ranch. Well, what's the matter? Are you afraid that you're going to be held up? Oh, not afraid, Sheriff. I'm hoping I will be. Oh, you, you, what, what's the matter? <laughs> Is the money Confederate bills? No, good hundred-dollar bills. Except I took the trouble to earmark every one of them so they could be identified. And I want you to see them. Here. Hey. hey. What are you aiming to do, Ryder? Well, I'm expecting Carson or some of his gunslingers to stick me up between here and the Barton Ranch. What do you want me to do? Keep most of this money with you and follow me far enough back to keep out of sight. Oh, well, I get what you mean. Yeah, I'll ride up and catch him red-handed. That's it, Sheriff. Then why do you want to carry any of that money at all? Well, that's just extra precaution. If Carson should slip away, you could always tap him through this earmarked money. When do you want to start? Now. Me go home, too? No, little beaver. I'm expecting plenty of fireworks. So you'd better stay here till it's all over. All right, let's go, Sheriff. Hey, Carson. You suppose Ryder might have took a shortcut? I don't reckon he has. Curly would have spotted him from the top of the hill and give us a signal. Hey, maybe Ryder spotted us and going back to town. He couldn't spot us hiding here in these trees. Yeah, maybe we didn't get here in time. He must have already gone by. Hey, huh? there he is now, rounding the bend of the trail below. Here, get set, men. I don't make a move till I give you the nod. Why can't we pick him off his horse from here with our rifles? No. He was a dang cocksure of what he was going to do to me yesterday. Now I want to see his face when I tell him what I'm going to do to him. All right, men. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Here go. <laughs> Reach higher, Ryder. Well, howdy, cousin. Hey, surprised, Ryder? Nope. Matter of fact, I'd have been kind of disappointed if you hadn't shown up, cousin. Still a cocky hombre, ain't you? Well, you ain't going to be for long. As soon as I get that money you're carrying, then I'll be giving you what's really coming to you. If you don't get yours first, cousin. No chance of that now, Ryder. Get his gun and money, Blackie. Yeah. Carson, here's the sheriff with a posse. Huh? Hey, loose man. Oh, no, you don't, Carson. Oh, Blackie. Hey, Ryder's got yours. I'll get Ryder. Oh, yeah. Here's one for you, Gorman. Oh. Hey, here's something for you, Ryder. Oh. Well? Hey. Nice shooting, Ryder. He knocked back his gun right out of his hand. Yes, here they are, Sheriff. 
And now you know where they belong. Yeah, you better do. Behind bars. Looks like you won't have to worry about Carson for a long time, eh? No, I reckon not. Heard the judge sent the whole pack of gunslingers where they belong. Thanks to you, Mr. Ryder. And how does it feel to be back home, Mrs. Barton? Feels mighty good to be out of that hospital, Red. You feeling all right? Just fine. I'm already walking again, see? Oh, that's fine. And we're mighty grateful to you, Red. Especially for getting my herd money back from that low-down Carson. Shucks, that was a pleasure, Bart. Well, I reckon, little beaver, and I'd better hit the breeze. Why... Ain't you staying with us for a while? Well, I'd like to, Bart, but we only dropped by just to see how you folks were and... And uh... Red Ryder, him not happy if him no look him up trouble other place. <laughs> well, so long, folks. We've got to hit the trail. Let's go, little beaver. Come on, the next exciting episode of Red Rider. Hey, Lisa. What, Carl? Don't miss, don't miss <laughs> the next exciting adventure of Red Rider. I won't miss it or mess it. Okay, okay. that's the Range War from February 26, 1942. That was originally sponsored by Langendorf Bread. I I, I kind of think Langendorf Bread might still be around. I'm not sure. Really? Langend. If so, it's kind of stale. A little moldy ah, around the edges. I like that. <laughs> oh yeah, that's good. All right, one, let's Carl. take a quick break. Then it's more on the WGN Radio Theater. Lisa Wolf doing a classic radio club commercial. Well, you there. know that's how I make the big bucks around here. Is yeah. I do some commercial spots. Gosh, you're an actress. You're a spokesperson. <laughs> that's for sure. On the radio. Oh yeah. You do. Uh, what else do I do? Pepsodent commercials. I wish I did. I would love to do a toothpaste commercial. Yeah. I'm all about teeth. Yeah, I have a dental appointment coming up pretty soon. Do I you? just I just had one about really? two weeks ago. Oh, you're that... a little behind. Can't you so, tell? What about my little behind? I, that that does not exist. <laughs> <laughs> um, I uh, yeah, I've got one coming up. I think this week I'm going to the uh, getting yep. teeth cleaned. All of them. I'm getting them all cleaned. That's a good idea. You don't want to just yeah. get some of them done. No. no, God, I love going to the dentist. You know, I do and I don't. Why don't I, you li- love it? I, I love like it. it afterwards. I don't yeah. literally it like bother the process. Me. I fall asleep. I fall asleep oh, I, in the chair. I don't. I'm sensitive. They're, my <laughs> dentist has such great uh, hygienists. They're just like, they get in there and I, they don't, there's no pain. It, no, it's not I painful. Fall asleep. I don't like, like that music that playing. scraping sound. Sort of like that Muzak music playing in the background. Yeah. And I'm like, no, it's I'm fine. I, don't, I definitely don't sleep there. Yeah, but Lisa, Lisa and I just heard that about 10 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's me as I'm getting my teeth cleaned. Um, no, how do you hold your mouth open? They do it. They hold your mouth open <laughs> yeah. for you? Uh, yeah. Oh, that's full service. I wake service. up all disoriented. Huh? What? 
What? I've never Where? seen that what? happen. What? <laughs> All right. Next week, what do we have? We have... Um, oh, wait. Not oh, no, next week. Tonight. tonight. What do we have tonight? tonight? We're coming back. So it's 2 o'clock. We'll be back at 11. back here? Yeah, in 21 hours. Oh, my gosh. We will be back with Inner... That's dedication. Oh, I know it. We'll be back with Inner Sanctum Mystery. Oh, That's great. Wow. And The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes. Now, that is a great show. I'm so right? excited. Inner Sanctum and Sherlock yeah. Holmes. Well, That's, I know ooh, how to good pair it. Stuff. That's a great combo, That's going to be really good. I know. So yeah. I'll be here. Don't miss it. If we're here, you should be there. Yeah. Um, that'll be a lot of fun. And don't yeah. forget, folks, join the Classic Radio Club, or at least check it out. Go to our website, ClassicRadioClub.com, and you can get 10 of the greatest classic radio shows of all time. And it's a great club. We have hundreds and hundreds of members. People love being in the club. They tell me all the time how much they like it, and they like the liner notes that I write, and it's just a fun club to be part of. You get 10 shows sent to you either on CD every month or you can get them via. That's right, via. As you say, that's via. That's how I say it. It's not digital via. Via. I think they're both acceptable, via, but via. I prefer via. Do you prefer the CDs or the digital downloads? You know, I started with the CDs, but I think I would actually like to I'm make a switch. switch over, switch over to digital. I, I think I'm better off. Yeah, I think I'm better off with the digital. You didn't have that option when I first joined. This is true. But we now that you do, later. I would prefer to uh, Bluetooth it. All right. Well, you can car. Bluetooth the CDs too. You just gotta, you know. I don't think I have a CD player in my car anymore. Oh, really? Yeah. I do. I have. I have one. You do? Mm-hmm. I'm not even sure. I should check on that. <laughs> I'm not even positive. Really? Well, where do you listen to the CDs at home? Yeah. Oh, got a little Bose player or something like that. It's not Bose. Only you know. I've got a Bose people. player. They're. Really, I know you do. They're really good. I can't afford that. I brought it to uh, Highland Park High School. And I know. We played, uh, I don't have that. When we gave our speech, Elise and I gave a speech. What was it? Forum or what was it? <laughs> It was a focus on the arts. Yeah, focus on the arts. It was a big presentation at Highland Park High School. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. And we played the Who's On First, some other stuff, and I had my Bose stereo there. I do not have that, but if you ever wanted to buy a gift for me, you could add it to the list of things I would appreciate. a nice gift. Um, So we'll be back with Inner Sanctum and the Adventures of Sherlock Holmes. And uh, Dave Plyer's coming up. Uh, what does Dave have on the show, uh, Curtis? Well, Dave's going to revisit uh, several conversations. He previewed it last week. Uh, Don Rickles. And oh, yeah. His birthday coming up. And Don hey, hockey said, puck. Yeah. Get my Keep my name alive was always Don saying when he talked to Dave. Yeah. Else Very true. So we'll be playing that. And then Dave's also got some other uh, fun uh, comedian conversations, including Dennis Leary and then uh, Joan Rivers before she passed away. Wow. Too. A bunch of comedians, yeah. huh? So it'll be a, a fun show tonight. It All should right. be funny. That ought to yes. be good. <laughs> well, I guess that's it. It's a yeah. wrap.